This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Nick Reinerson talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey, welcome to a very special episode of Table of Malcontents. Um, we are doing a bonus episode today, and uh, Dave is not with me, and I feel a little unsure of myself. But you're not alone. But I'm not alone, because with me is our friend Nick Reinerson. Nick, thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. McKay's looks amazing. That's right. That's right, because we are at McKay's today. Um, you came into town for some work stuff. Uh, Boring. Which is very cool. But really, you came in and you got excited about this trip as soon as I said, well, you know what we need to do? We need to go to the bookstore. The and so, bookstore. The bookstore. I've so, heard so much about this place. That's right. I heard that you could come in and exchange your books and get very reasonable store credit for your books. This is true. So I drove down. I live about six hours outside of Nashville. I drove in and I had a whole storage container plastic bin thing you know the big things you put all your christmas decorations in just full of just sitting in the back of your car full of books right now. right and we're going to take those in to the store today and it's going to be great because we're going to see what happens and we're going to look around we're going to make some recommendations for one another um hopefully we're going to find something interesting um hopefully we'll find something humorous um, because we're also recording all of that for you guys so, um, listen to what is undoubtedly going to be a super bizarre experience, um, but thanks for joining us for it. This and, is going to be fun. And what should be noted is Aaron doesn't have wireless mics, so we will be tethered together through the recording of this episode. That's right. That's right. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. All right. Okay. Let's go. Ready? Yep. All right, so Nick, here we are. We are at McKay's. McKay's. Specifically, we are in the large print section while we're waiting for our giant stacks of books to be traded. Let's see what we get. I'm still not 100% sure how it's gonna work, so I'm excited. I don't know if I'm gonna get like $4 or like 50. Well, it really depends on if you're looking for for cash or trade. If it's trade, you're probably gonna get 50. If you're looking for cash, it's gonna be about $3. That's what I'm talking about. So there you go. No, I'm I'm, I'm all here for the trade. I'm, I'm here for the trade. What are you going to buy today? Oh, you know, um, I'll tell you what I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get middle grade Smallville media tie-in novels. Or um, Vampire Academy. Or Vampire Academy or anything like that. Why do, why do we torture small people with books like that? Uh, I think it's a distraction. I think, I think kids who know what's up know to avoid this stuff. It's like a, it's like a sand trap in golf. Mm, this aisle then is basically the um this is the barrier for the like to getting into the store you can make it through this aisle oh yeah then you're in. you can get anywhere oh yeah so what we're gonna do nick is we are gonna we're gonna walk around and we're gonna we're gonna just see what we can see and see what is an entertaining read i love that and okay. if you hear something like thud in the middle of the episode somebody probably tried to walk in between us that's true we are we are attached almost at the hip it's kind of weird with a um with a cord that's right just imagine if dave was here oh it'd be so great it would be so great but he's not here then it'd become a thing then the, then the cops get called to be like a whole ordeal but i think we can go yeah. under the radar i think so i think so we can be cool it's fine it's fine pardon me 
Sorry, excuse us. So, what is your typical what is your typical approach to the used bookstore? Where do you start? Oh man. So like I kind of I usually start in contemporary in like literature fiction because uh-huh. it's easiest and I'll, I'll usually have an author in mind that just pops up to the brain. I'll start there. I'll see if I can find them, mosey from there. Because you can't do it all. I used yeah. to try and just start alpha. It's like a record store. You can't yeah. just do everything. So I go to what's kind of like close. And then I kind of scan. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fast. I go through bookstores fast. Yep. And then come back to stuff. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I always like, I'm always really self-critical of how I go through bookstores. And it's a weird yeah. thing. No, that's fine. But I'm like... I tend to like, oh, I should be more thorough and regimented, but I never am. I'm always just kind of all over the place, come back to stuff. I'll sit in a section yep. for like 20 minutes and I'll go and I'll do the whole store in five, you know, so. Oh, totally. We're going to start in modern literature. Oh, man. You know, let's just see what we've got here. We're got right in front of McCarthy's shelf. Yes, it's many copies of The Road. Have you ever read, have you read McCarthy? I have several of his books at my house. I have read at least one of them. Mm. <laughs> so, I, uh, I would say start with all the pretty horses. Mm-hmm. Um, then never read Blood Meridian. Okay. Unless you are into that kind of. I mean, it's great. It's incredible. But I never want to read it again. It's like okay. a P.T. Anderson movie, you know? Like, you're like, oh, I'm glad I saw this. But yikes. Um, As opposed to a Wes Anderson movie. Which I just want to watch over and over. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, then we've got, we've got a little Melville here. Oh, we've got the worst book ever written. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, I, we have Moby Dick. I think I disagree. Um, in fact, we have multiple copies of Moby Dick, and most of them look like they've never been read. Okay, that feels like a hot take. Mm. All right, I'm going to buy a copy just because. Mm. So you're saying that. How many copies do you have there uh, at home? I probably have one. I have maybe two <laughs> copies of Moby Dick. <laughs> nice. I don't want to get the... Uh, no, really nice Library of America edition of something I'm never going to read. That's true. It's See? a hot take, but you're right. I've come around to it. Didn't take yeah. long. Nabokov. Do they have any Americami? Ooh, I have Americami waiting for me. Do you? I have not. Uh, I haven't read him yet, but mm. I've heard. I've read a lot of interviews with him. He's a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't read it. I don't think they have. Oh, they have one. It, it is. is a wild sheep chase. So right now, we are not having an exciting time here at McKay's because we are not finding all the weird stuff. You know why? Because we're looking, we're staying in our lane. We are staying in our lane. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Because then when you're in your lane, you start talking, you have like really in-depth hot takes that are kind of just, like they're, it's just too, it's like listening to a show, a podcast about a show you never watched. Ooh, Satanic Versus, Rushdie, he is an interesting guy. (laughs) Anybody (laughs) who can get a book banned and condemned by the Ayatollah is uh, doing something interesting. Yep. I've read a couple of his short stories. He's kind of, you can tell he's like New York literary elite. Yes. Like he just writes, he's a little too good of a writer, you know? Yep. But um, but anyway. He's he's a bit pretentious, maybe. (laughs) A bit. Maybe. All right. Yeah, he's, I just, I can smell his Upper West Side apartment Mm. just from. Is, uh, uh, Is that patchouli? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Dude, I bet he listens to world music. Oh, totally. <laughs> He's totally oh. into world music. But not like Fila, but like the really like dead stuff. Or like yeah. the jazz no one likes, you know? Him and Ken Burns hanging around. But... Anyway, what do you do? What's your bookstore approach? Well, my approach to the bookstore, um, I do a couple of things. One is that I make sure that my kids are set up in the in the kids and middle-aged reader section um, and they're set there for a solid like 30 40 minutes 
without pro- without a problem. That's solid. Um, yep. That's just good parenting. That's right. That's right. So I'm typically always on a mission when I'm looking mm. when I'm looking for something that or when sense. I'm at a bookstore, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's a, a new a new bookstore or a used bookstore. There's always something specific that I'm trying to find. Mm. Like so, for example, on our trip today. Um, Aside from giving you the McKay's experience, mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. standing awkwardly in an aisle, yep. I am looking for copies of the um, second, third, and fourth volumes of the Stumptown graphic novel series. Oh, nice. Um, I'm also looking for the follow-up books that are, uh, that, are the, that are the sequels to The Three-Body Problem, <laughs> um, which are somewhere in the sci-fi section. Nice. So let's go there. Let's go. <laughs> The most sci-fi thing I've ever read is Lord of the Rings, uh, and that's not sci-fi. That's fantasy. No, I mean Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, Does that okay. count? That uh, count? I think that counts. I think that, I think I'll give you that one. I mean, if you've read C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy, I haven't read that, Space Trilogy. I read okay. uh, Great Divorce, so it's kind of sci-fi. There you go. Yeah, that that kind of counts. I think I think one of my biggest flaws in reading is like suspension of disbelief. Like I like things okay. that take place in the real world. Okay. Like I actually, my favorite books are where like very little happens. Mm. Marilyn Robinson is my jam. Like just, that explains why you like Wendell Berry so much. Yeah, nothing happens. It's exactly. Great. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and the same with movies too. It's uh-huh. terrible. Like. All these great movies where very little happens, but you just get like really thoughtful character progression right. and, and storytelling. Like, yeah. if I wrote a novel, it would be really boring, but I think really interesting. Like, because mm. I would dive into stuff and I would just kind of simmer in it, mm-hmm. let things kind of play out. Right. And see, I like, like things that happen to the characters <laughs> in terms of like progression, growth, mm. this kind of stuff. But I also like a plot that moves. Mm. Um, I like a good balance. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a character flaw in my point in my uh, part. Well. All right, so you said that you don't read any science fiction, or you haven't really gotten into it. No, that. I haven't. I don't even okay. know where to start. So we need, to, we, need to, we need to help you out with that. Can I Can I just say, can I have a Dune hiatus? I don't want to start with Dune. I've, I'm not. I've already been recommended. Go somewhere else. No. With no it. Why would some. I do that to you? Okay, I'm I your appreciate, friend. Appreciate that. Not going to do that to you. What would be something that would be intriguing to you, I guess, would be mm-hmm. the good starting point, because that's, that's the thing that you, you've always got to have the good starting point. Like a... Like a time period, or a... um, it can be it can be anything really. So, um, so for example, here is um, Neil Stevenson. Neil Stevenson is really cool. He's also really weird. Um, so you'd probably like him. Into weird, yeah. Um, so this book is called Snow Crash, and um, this is here's the here's the back cover copy. In reality, uh, hero protagonist delivers pizza for Uncle Enzo's uh, Cosa Nostra Pizza Incorporated. But in the metaverse, he's a warrior prince. Plunging headlong into the enigma of a new computer virus that's striking down hackers everywhere, he races along the neon-lit streets on a search-and-destroy mission for the shadowy virtual villain threatening to bring about infopocalypse. That is sounds amazing you know what i love about that it's like the inverse of anything i'd ever read <laughs> right. which i think makes it a good place it's so like i'm into it i'm gonna uh, eight that's bucks it. that's uh, nothing that's that is your book so your up. assignment wrap it up your assignment is to read this and report back onto it i'm so into that all right rock on i'm so into that all right so we've got we've we've done something new here we've broadened your horizons there was a cool video series where uh LP, who's a hip-hop producer, just mm-hmm. went blindfold into a record store mm-hmm. and picked out three records and, like, 
made loops and made a beat off of those three records that he blindfoldedly <laughs> took. I want to do that with some of these like World of Warcraft books. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Found one. 25 cents. There Walter you go. John Williams, The Crown Crown Perfect. Jewels. It's like for listeners, it is a yellowed old tiny paperback. <laughs> and the back says, if you had to be conquered by aliens from outer space, you could do worse than being conquered by the Colossi. They had a great deal of practice at it, and except for insisting on their imperial system and the hereditary aristocracy that goes with it, the Colossi didn't make many demands in the subject species. It sounds like the Mongolians. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, humans and Colossi got along really well for centuries, or so it seemed. The real situ situation became clear when, in a sudden strike, humanity rose up in the Great Rebellion and became the first species to successfully remove themselves from the rule of the emperor. Yeah. Drake Magistral mm -hmm. is, of course, a <laughs> is, of course, because it's obvious. Of course. A thief. After all, what is a dispossessed aristocrat supposed to do for a living? So. That's always what I want to know. 25 cents. I'm reading this. I'm reporting back. Guys. I think that is a great option for keep, you. Keep me to it. Absolutely. You know what I think we need to do, though? Yeah. We need to find something for Dave. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. For your friend and mine are not with us today. Rest in peace. <sighs> He's not dead. He's just not here. No. Does that mean that he's dead to us? No. Well, a little. No. Just for now. Ah, oh, ow. Well, that hurts. That hurts. We've got the Nebula Award winning Born with the Dead. Ooh, nice. It's short, too. It is short. I don't think he'll finish it. No. No. We got to give him something that he's got a shot at finishing. Something that like has like Churchill in an alien universe doing um, something. Well, I mean, you're, the one you picked up would be, would be would his be, jam. Be a good one. Island in the Sea of the Time. One of the best time travel alternative histories I've ever read. Ten cents. There we go. It's thick, though. But it's ten cents. Ah, but it's, it's ten cents. It's ten cents. I think this is a good option for us. I think this will be good. I think this will let's, be a good. Let's hold on, on to that one. Is this? It's heavy. It's 600 pages, but they're short. They're small pages. Yeah, it's large print. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is great. Yeah. It's time there travel. It's good. Yeah, Rainbow Wars. By Larry nice. Niven, New York Times bestselling author. I'm into this. There you a little go. expensive though. It's a dollar seventy-five. <laughs> Who's got that kind of money lying around? You know what we could do? Mm. We could go with Tech Secret by William Shatner. I hope it's the same William Shatner. It is, of course, the same William Shatner. Oh my gosh. Tough so young. Shazam. He looks so young. And he was old then. You know, he's like a hundred. Well, he's, he's like 90. He's like 90. He's almost 90, yeah. But he doesn't look it. He doesn't come no. out 90. No, he did, he's surpri taking surprisingly good care of himself. Good for him. Uh-huh. I wonder how many Instagram stories we're in right now. Somebody would be like, these guys are recording a podcast and they look ridiculous. Well, that's only because we are ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. But, but here's the thing. This is art. This is performance this art. This is performance art. That's what this is this right is, now. You know, this is, this is Andy Kaufman-esque. <laughs> section of the bookstore we are in the ya belief structures mm. mm -hmm. the what right here ya belief structures interesting um and so what does that mean uh this <laughs> theoretically this is about um that's a good question um because i'm seeing i'm seeing in the belief structures i'm seeing things about play about play monsters um and Aliens? i'm seeing monologues Invisible Kingdoms, Tales of Angels, Demons, and J.K. Rowling's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them original screenplay. Oh, it's, a, it's only six bucks. It's a nice yeah. copy. 
If I was into Harry Potter, that'd be cool. If if I was into reading a screenplay instead of a book. I've done that a couple times. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. They they're they require something else. Mm-hmm. They you. do. So why do you think people will release screenplay books like this? Well, saying from my experience in the publishing industry, money. Mmm. <laughs> that that sounds about right. <laughs> Money's a big right. factor and supplemental resources because the amount of effort they had to put into that Mm -hmm. is absolutely negligible compared to editing a full book because that already existed that's true so to do a supplemental resource that would get significant like collector interest is a really smart publishing move (laughs) that's true that's true yeah she uh she was so she was like i guess hey i wrote the screenplay i'm not gonna write the book that's right because uh, J.K. Rowling doesn't have enough money. We know. Mm, well, you know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how. Like, does she have a room that's just full of money? <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I kind of hope she does. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's character guides for Fantastic Beasts yeah. and where to find them. Also, very close to the belief structure section. Mm-hmm. That's um, in humor, though. That's true. But Jeez, that's not cinema. really... See, cinema Whoa. and humor are blending together here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Oh, and now we're in the uh, YA biography section. Oh, Christopher Columbus. Ooh, that's yeah. soft brand. Where, of course, we have one on Stalin. I'm, I'm buying that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now you can learn all about Stalin. Um, and it's going to be weird. Yeah, it is so bizarre. How do you... How do you tell the story of Stalin to a child? Um, <laughs> I, you're going to find so out, apparently. It's so complicated. There's multiple ones, though. There's Stalin, Russia's Man of Steel. Oh, I wonder if they came... They, it's like you ever go to a record store, like, these all came from the same collection. Yeah. Some, like, 13-year-old kid was really into Stalin. I think so. I think that kid uh, started 4 There's also a Che Guevara one, too. Interesting. What? Fascinating. Look, he's you've a, got him set up like a boy band here. <laughs> he just got a little on the road. Kind of weird. I get the motorcycle thing, but still very, very yeah. funny. All well, right. We gotta put right. that up. I sure am. This is this one, listeners. You're gonna you're gonna like that one. It's weird. Oh, there's a Hitler one. Oh <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It's this the, is a longer this is like a full it's, long book. it's the odd couple. And then there's Elon Musk. It's like a propaganda yeah. book for Elon Musk. Oh, uh, absolutely it is. Wow. Good for him. Yeah, Elon Musk and the Quest for a Fantastic Future. Adapted for young readers. <laughs> I did get a... Have you heard of the book, The The Secret Life of Trees? I've heard of it, yes. It's, like a, it's a book now about like tree root system mm-hmm. and connectivity. There's a kid's version. I got it for my daughter. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it's really cool, man. Nice. Well, trees are really cool. Nice. So, so you're not. So, are you going? Are you? No, I'm not going to get Stalin. You know, I will get the crown jewels. though. Yes, yes, you should do that. Going back to that, I don't. I just don't want to walk around with a picture of Stalin in my (laughs) head. It's it's weird. All right, Uh, we're going to go upstairs. All right, so we're in the record section. We are in the record section. Got a Leon Bridges record right now. Looks like, but it's in like kind of like roughed up shape so it looks like an old record which is so fitting for him yeah got some sting hank jr some neil diamond for you oh no man i'm into that i've seen in every record store i've ever been in i go to a lot there's always a copy of neil young's reactor 
and I think I have three <laughs> copies, and I don't think I've ever listened to a single word of Neil Young's Reactor. Well, why did why does every record store have a copy of Reactor? <laughs> it could be that after a period of time, every record eventually turns into <laughs> Reactor. It's like a it's like a, like chemistry, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, like the half life of every record. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Reactor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Rod Stewart one's already starting to go. There you go. That's true. Oh, true. Same say. with Rick Springfield here. I know. All I will say, Rod Stewart, his first two albums, mm-hmm. awesome. Every yes. picture tells a story. Great. Yes. Incredibly good record. Yep. So top floor is mostly vinyl. Yep. I'm um, digging it. CDs. Everyone's copy of Mute Math is here. And now we're in the in my favorite section, comic books. Yes, I have. I'm not a comic book guy. Never got into them. I have a couple of Harvey Pekar and R. Crumb things here and there, uh-huh. but I never got into like. I never got into the scene. So, if we were to get try to get you to try something, what would be something good to eat to try to ease you into that? Pekar, man. Harvey <laughs> Pekar. Oh, all day. Oh, Harvey. Well, we got to get you to try something a little different. I think yeah, that. you got to if you're going to bring me into the fantasy era area, mm-hmm. which I have no context in, mm-hmm. then yeah, you might have to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the difference between Marvel, DC. Oh, that's okay. You don't need to worry about that. You just have to worry about what's good and what's not. Yeah, give me something good. Um, give me something good. I'm trying. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Ex Machina. Yep. Is it the same Ex Machina as the movie? No. So the big idea is basically a is an ex superhero becomes the mayor of New York City, hmm. and he has somehow gained the ability to talk to machines. Huh. So his superhero name was the Great Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty wild book. So. Oh, interesting. I would check out Volume One. All right. I'll hold on to it. All right, there you go. That's my recommendation for you for for getting started. Sweet, I'm in. There you go. I'm gonna have to get you uh, some some low key fiction, lo fi fiction. <laughs> some Marilyn Robinson. Well, you know, we can uh, we we can go back downstairs, <laughs> and you can make some recommendations for me. So Nick, I spent a lot of time on this episode. Wandering around the store, trying to make recommendations for you. We've got some good stuff, some stuff that's outside your lane. Now it's your turn. You get to you get to have some fun with me on this. Okay. All okay. Right. So All what right. do you got for me? Well, let's see. Wait, we just dropped down in the nonfiction and poetry section. So. Oh, good. Let's see what we've got. You know, I don't read Sorry. I don't read enough poetry, so I don't either. All right, here's a so good place I'm open. to start. So, Tennyson is great. Idols of the King. It's great. It's like the. Um, King Arthur tales. I read them Perfect. a couple of years ago, and it's it's a good like it's a little dense and it's very British, but uh, there's some just <laughs> there's some great like existential nuggets to pull out of uh, mm-hmm. to pull out of Tennyson. He's he's always great. He's one of those guys who's like classically good and classically liked for a reason. Yes. You know? um, yeah, I'll, I'll go to bat for Tennyson all day. Nice. Um, what else we got here? I'm not feeling the section right You're now. You're not feeling man. the section. Not, okay. We gotta. We gotta go get. I mean, there's Mona Lisa Overdrive <laughs> by uh, William Gibson right here. 
That does not feel like uh, classic or modern poetry. I think uh, I think somebody made a made a choice. Made a choice. You know what? I've been wanting to read the Odyssey and the Iliad. Mm. I might snag a copy. I've got fifty bucks to kill. I think you should. I'll grab both. I gotta. Ooh, I do want Ovid. I've heard Ovid's good too. There you go. Um, okay, I, I I was wrong in the poetry section. Turns out there's some stuff I do want. All right, here we go. Okay, back in. We're back where we began. We're back in the modern same literature. Here's what you're not going to recommend for mm. me: The Catcher in the Rye. You don't like The Catcher in the Rye? I oh, you're a little hate old Holden Caulfield so oh, much. He's, he's a. He's I wanted to punch him right in his stupid face. Classically misunderstood. No, he's a punk. He's a child. His ego he's hasn't a... developed yet. <laughs> no, that's the problem. His ego has developed. His sense of compassion is not. That's fair. He hasn't transcended the year. I'm, I'm definitely not going to recommend you Anne Rand. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Besides the fact that Anne Rand can't write. Um, Ooh. I tried. Mm. Anne Rand can't write, man. That's uh, that's a good hot take right there. I know. Like, she's not a good writer. Yeah. Um, got some Anne Patchett here. I've read Anne Patchett. Anne is... I, I um, actually listened to the audiobook of Commonwealth. Mm-hmm here and it was really enjoyable was it really really enjoyable it was it was a solid read four bucks yeah okay let's do it all right let's do it you're just giving me recommendations i mean i mean yeah you're supposed to be giving me recommendations we're failing here i'm failing i'm totally failing it's okay you know what's a book i don't know if they're gonna have it we need to go check the history section midnight rising that is a great little book about one of the most misunderstood um figures of the civil war or pre-civil war you didn't make it to the Civil War. Mm. Um, but he's fascinating. Let's see if they have mm-hmm. that in the Civil War section. We're kind of in that zone here in U.S. history. Up to 1859 mm-hmm. through 1916. Yep. So this would be a section that I would have little to no knowledge mm. of oh, yeah. or, or foundation in since Canada. Because Canada. Because right. Canada. That's right. Blame Nuts. Canada, everybody. Yeah. Oh, so you know what would be a great recommendation for you if you're looking to tackle something mm. that talks about Canadians? Uh, mm-hmm. David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. Okay. It is a great read. Okay. Should we go see if they have it? I think we should find it. I, I'll tell you. I'd reckon, I think they probably have about 37 copies. Of it. I bet they do. I've read just about everything David Foster Wallace has written. <laughs> of course you have. And absolutely love. Mm-hmm. All of it. I, I think I, I don't think I've actually read any David Foster Wallace oh, at this dude. point. You got to. It's probably going to be W, not F, right? <laughs> well, over here, I'd recommend some Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. I Cat's Cradle. This is great. It's a great Vonnegut. Um, <laughs> real dark, real weird. Mm. Um, I got a lot of dark and weird on my uh, on my shelf right now. Yeah, Vonnegut's a Vonnegut's a good read if you're just. He's just such, he's so fun to read. Like, I love his writing style. Like, he, mm-hmm. he can be dark. He's like Camus-esque. Like, he's, he's dark but fun. Um, <laughs> dark but fun. Dark but fun. Oh, I like it. That's, That's a awesome. good description. We've got... Okay, here we go. This is the best title that I have seen on a book Shakespeare today. Uh, it's by Nick Hornby. Shakespeare wrote for money. Oh, I love that. Yes, so two years of reading begat by more reading presented in easily digestible, utterly hysterical monthly installments. This is coming home with me. Oh, that's amazing. This is a collection of his 
uh, column for Believer magazine huh. about the books he's bought and the books he's read. So it sounds like he should really come on our show. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So, um, oh, you know what? I've heard that this book is incredible. The Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson. Interesting. I've heard great things about it. I'm not a big horror reader, but yeah. I've, I mean, I've just heard it's a great, I'm going to buy it. That's okay, why. you yeah, do it. I'm doing you it. You enjoy I'll, that. I'll, That's a good I'll, recommendation for yourself. I keep, I keep recommending stuff for me. You do. I do. Let's see. Architecture. Okay. You know, we've. Economics. We've missed out let's on the see. opportunity for um, David Foster Wallace. I know. I think he's just not here. Yeah. So we're going to look at economics. I've been into economics oh, lately. Oh, good. Um, My wife's been reading crazy economics books right now. I'm trying to think, what's um, a good, good sensible one? Mm-hmm, good book to start with. Uh, the Big Short. That is a great recommendation, Michael. That's a great read. There we go. I think you just found my recommendation for you. Yes. It's a great book. Well done. That's good job. Great, Thank great you book. for recommending this. I, I do. I like Michael Lewis. He's a great writer. Yeah. He's really enjoyable to read. There we go. He's great. All yeah. right. Well, I think that is that's our recommendation section. There we go. I just couldn't find anything else. Don't read any Paul Krugman. I can. Can I de-recommend something? Yes. Don't, always. Don't read. Don't read any Krugman. All right. He is kind of a disaster. (laughs) (sighs) Well, Nick, my arms are sore. They are. They are. You had so many books. I got so many books. Dude, how many how many books were did you come away with? I don't know. Let me check the receipt. Your receipt says. All right, it will. All right, so I've got one, two, three. There four. should be a tally somewhere on there. Nineteen. 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 You came in with a lot more than nineteen, though. I did. Yeah. I, uh, it must have been thirty or forty, and they yeah. were heavier. So these were lighter, yeah. little yeah. lighter. You still came out with a paper box full, though. I did. Yeah, I came out with a full box that I was like dropping on the way out. Yes, you were. Mm. It was fantastic. After um, I had a hard time giving Aaron recommendations, <laughs> I ended up having no problem finding stuff for me. Right. Right. Like, what happened there? I just... All right. Here's what happened. You know those books that you know about, and you're like, oh, I should read that. That, like, yeah. that seems really interesting. Yeah. Like, Aldous Huxley and Plato. <laughs> you're like, yeah, these guys are important and, like, seem kind of interesting. I just... Every one of those that was under five bucks I grabbed. Right. Um, what else did I... I got a bunch of stuff. Right. And see, I did not do that. My shopping was measured. Mm-hmm. It was careful. Mm-hmm. And because I came in with a, um, I had two great big totes full of full of books, and they were very heavy, and they hurt a lot. Um, but I did really well you did, on my trip. You did really well. Yeah, I uh, I, I walked away with with two hundred dollars or so in trade. Oh. I'll take it. Um, you know. I only had $54 in trade. Although, to be fair, I had a lot of just weird books. You in did. There. You did. Nothing. I, mean, I didn't have any blockbusters. Yeah, but I mean, they took they took most of your stuff, it right? Did, I think they took almost all of it. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they had like one thing that they that they didn't want of mine, mm-hmm. and I still made them take it anyway. Yeah, I did the so, same thing. Um, so I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, listeners, what you may not know is um, because I don't think I've ever actually talked about it is. I 
have a goal of not spending any actual money in the used bookstore. The reason for that is because I like to I like to cycle through things. I like to take stuff in, replace it, and go to town. Sounds like um, thrift is a value. Very Wendell Berryan of you. Well, thank you, thank you. You know, um, <laughs> I'll we, throw a dollar in the jar later. It's fine. It's fine. You can uh, you can just throw it on on uh, on the tip later tonight. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> so, um, Nick, this was fun. This was it was challenging. Um, and undoubtedly because our conversation was so weird and scattered mm-hmm. throughout where I'm going to be doing a ton of editing before you guys hear this, you'll never know, hopefully if I do a good job, um, how listeners, odd it was, how odd it was to record a live podcast hooked up to someone while searching for books. That's right. And it, it should be noted. McKay's was very busy today. It was very busy. It was very busy. But everyone was cool. Everybody was cool. Everyone was cool. I wish so. we would have found like a pop-up guest. I felt like there was one girl I mean, who was chatting was, with us. I'm like, oh, we can, we can find her I and mean, like talk about Kafka. She's I really mean, into I, Kafka. I, I felt like we would get in trouble there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Dave had shown up. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been a great like pop-up. But it was um, it was third. it was fun though. I mean, even the recording part that was weird, but it was cool because you got to have these cool conversations about the books in real time. That's right. And it turns out that I haven't read anything in their classic fiction section, apparently. So apparently. I had nothing to recommend, Aaron. Yeah. Um, um, we were very disappointed that we could not find um, the Infinite Jest by or Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. Um, how is that possible that they have not? Did we have an influx of hipsters? I I guess maybe. You know, we must have because again. the school year started. Mm, yeah, they must have all picked it up. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be back in May. It will. So it'll be fine. It's still a good read. I think it gets a bad <laughs> rap for being too trendy, but I think that's just because David Foster Wallace was trendy and sad. Well. But it's a good read. It's it's smart. Um, that place was so cool, man. I can go there. I can yeah. go there a ton. Thanks for inviting me on this yeah, little adventure. Course. Let's go get some food or something. Alright, let's do it. Alright. Okay. Bye uh, guys. Bye guys. This is an area code podcast.